check out my Apple Music and Spotify. I swear your top 10 going to get modified. <laughs> oh, oh, yo. How's it going, guys? Welcome to the Real Life Podcast. I am your host, Will Ogato, joined with... I'm Casey. And I'm Evan Coleman. Casey and Evan Coltman, welcome to my podcast. I'm so excited to have you guys here today. Evan, being the veteran on this podcast, this is going to be his fourth and, um, I guess, his final episode with... Uh, well, I mean, our final episode in general um, for a while, because uh, I'm going to be going... Back to college uh, this weekend, um, and I'm excited for it, but I'm also really heartbroken to be uh, saying that there won't be any episodes of the Real Life Podcast anytime soon uh, from here on forward, though we will try and see what we can do um, as we're kind of all remote in our own like areas of college and whatnot. So a little bit about us. Um, like I said, my name is Will. Uh, I'm the uh, host of this podcast. I go to Syracuse University in Syracuse, New York, and I, there I study two majors, television, radio, and film, and business management. So really cool stuff. As you can hear from that first major, I'm really interested in just kind of um, entertainment, radio, uh, television, and whatnot. And kind of what inspired me to start this podcast was just the pure fact that I've dove in into filmmaking and videography and photography as well but I'd never really done much in the I guess audio entertainment side of things so here we are today and so far it's been a pretty good time if I do say so myself so yeah that's a that's a little bit about me and uh yeah I guess we'll give it over to you Evan what's going on guys uh so glad to be back fourth and final for a while episode I'm kind of sad dude we've had a really good time on here um, I'm gonna miss it. Uh, we could probably do something over online. I know we we could always like record in like a call or something. That'd be a good time. You know, catch up, see what's going on. I agree. Play some game. Dude, we could do like a gaming thing, or kind of just like have something in the background. We just talk. We'll figure yeah. it out. Who knows? Um, yeah, it's gonna be back, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be a good episode. Sup, guys. I'm Casey. Um. I study music at uh, UMass Dartmouth, and um, yeah, I'm just here as like a guest for the first time today, uh, and since we're going to be talking a lot of music and whatnot, audio-related topics, um, yeah, I figured I'd come along because, um, you know, I'm really into like audio engineering, producing, just like the whole music industry in general. Um, I've got music out too, um, and we might get into that um, later on. Yeah, so yeah. you're you're absolutely right about that, Casey. One of the biggest reasons why I have you on today, I guess, is um, because you're. This podcast has been primarily focused around movies and television, and I feel like there's a lot to be said about music and how much that kind of um, mm. has an impact on on like mainstream media and and what we all consume today it's not just movies and tv so uh, casey's right about that he's got his own um content out there on spotify and i'm pretty sure all major listening platforms yeah apple music spotify amazon it's uh, it's all over yeah and casey's been on the grind for quite a bit uh he's up and coming artist uh from western mass as all of us are from western mass um and 
I really think um, when I sat down to kind of figure out who I wanted to be as a special guest on our last episode, I really wanted to go with uh, someone that could give us a lot of insight on something, someone who has a lot of experience with something, but also someone new. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's welcome Casey to our podcast. But moving on to what we're going to be kind of covering today, we have, of course, our news and updates, um, which will be pretty interesting because... As I said, Casey, with all this uh, experience in the music industry uh, and um, really just enjoys the music industry in general, this podcast, as you might have guessed, is going to be more music-focused, uh, music news-related, other than the fact that we're going to kind of go over how uh, Avid was acquired by STG, Taylor Swift and her announcement, our mainstream entertainment uh, trends, such as Cardi B's microphone being thrown on, on stage. And then we'll get into the bulk of it, just talking about Casey and his lyrical genius and his journey starting uh, over, I'd say, like a solid five years ago and where he is today. So really interested in today's podcast. And so without further ado, we'll jump right into it. So for those of you who don't know, Avid is a industry leading editing um, platform. It's right up there with. Um, Adobe Premiere and Final Cut Pro. It's my least favorite editing software that I've ever touched in my entire life. Uh, Casey, I know you have some editing experience. Yeah. How do you feel about Avid in general? Um, I mean, I haven't really worked with it. I might be wrong about this. I think they uh, own Pro Tools, which is a... They do? Yep, Pro Tools. So I've tried that before. I mean, I haven't, I didn't really get deep into it, but like, yeah, I mean, they're definitely up there. I, I just don't have experience with like their software as much as like other people, but yeah. So Avid is, if you guys are listening and you're not really like those, like Evan, who's just an enthusiast and isn't like devoting a lot of their time to like, like the, the industry of entertainment, Avid's like a leading, uh, software for video editing like all of the movies that we'll see if not like 90 percent, if not all were edited on avid um and then there's adobe and uh, premiere and then like at the bo- at top three listing in you know avid and then it would probably be premiere and then like final cut maybe da vinci mm-hmm. would probably be like at the bottom as well mm-hmm. so they're being uh acquired by um stg um and the whole pros production. So Avid, sorry, I'm going to rephrase this. Avid Media Composer and the Pro Tools Audio Production System, which is Casey, who, what you were talking about earlier. Yep. Um, both softwares that were used in, ho- in Hollywood quite frequently uh, is being acquired. And can anyone guess how much they're being acquired for without looking at a rundown today? Uh, well, I'm I'm already out because I just looked before you asked the question. <laughs> gonna be a lot way over i'd say over 800 million yeah so they're being acquired for 1.4 billion dollars by stg and that includes the debt that they have right now so they've been completely bought out um and like it's debt like it travels to stg as well mm-hmm. so it's more than 1.4 billion i'm sure a couple add a couple hundred million in there i'm and there you go. There you you own Avid. So hmm. this is, yeah, it's a it's a bit it's a bit wild. So 
how this type of stuff happens, for those of you who know, the board of directors and any major company like Avid um, has to kind of come together and vote on whether or not if it's a smart idea or if they'd like to be acquired by the parenting company. And in this case, um, the board of directors of Avid unanimously uh, approved this sale. So they're going to finalize this in the fourth quarter for those of you who are business uh, leaders out there who know what I'm talking about. This is going to be this uh, this uh, sale, I guess, is going to be finalized uh, in the uh, fourth quarter. And this is another thing too for people. This is the news of this happening is really interesting to me because I feel like it's not only like for us as video and audio like engineers, but it's also like pretty big for business leaders out there. And then because like the whole there's a lot of there's a huge business aspect this obviously and then in addition to that for those of you who are into trading stocks and the stock market um avid's gonna come back from being public and they're gonna be a private company so they used to be publicly traded and now they're gonna be a privately held company as a result mm. so that's going on and i mean the ceo uh commented that the acquisition is quote unquote the start of a new chapter so I'm, I'm personally really excited for this again. I couldn't really couldn't pay me to use Avid. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just can't stand like they're like the, how complicated their UI is. Like it's kind it's sort of similar to Premiere, but it's so much more buggier in my opinion. And that could just be that I used it a lot in my time uh, editing news clips, like in the newsroom at, uh, at Syracuse, but man, that thing's, I hope this act because they're saying that the acquisition is going to accelerate Avid's growth. So by growth, I'm really hoping they mean like up to standards with today's like simplicity in editing because they're making editing so simple. Like I like Casey, I think you told me like a couple months ago or maybe it was someone else. Maybe your dad that like Premiere is like having AI like, imp yeah. like AI technology. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So this is going to be quite interesting but moving on hooray for avid i guess uh because they all approved that purchase yeah i mean i think that like no matter where avid is taken it's definitely like it's got so much potential to become like like it's already one of those like leading tools for people but like like uh pro tools and um their editing softwares media composer yeah yeah um i think that it's just got like even more potential to build if they if it's taken in the right direction it's already got like the uh base work well i mean yeah i mean just as quick as they could purchase this entity they could mm -hmm. also destroy it so hopefully they uh this is the right decision and uh hopefully avid i mean personally i can't stand avid but Hopefully, for the sake of them, it's not shelved um, mm -hmm. that fast um, by the industry leaders and whatnot because of its complications or whatever SDG uh, chooses uh, to do with it. But moving on, a couple days ago, I think it was yesterday, if I'm not right, Taylor Swift announced the release of 1989, um, where it's like a re-recording, uh, 1989, uh, Taylor's version she announces on social media. When is this album going to be out? Does anyone know? Um, No clue. No. Is it? I think it says here it's going to be out on October 27th. It's a re-record. And um, I think, yeah, I remember reading up on, like, her comments. And she said it's going to be 
uh, her like favorite we record. Was that the best album that she's ever done, like as a view or listening wise? Yeah. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna look it up right now, but that's interesting. Casey, have you ever uh, Casey? Can you talk to us like in general? Because when I heard someone say they're doing a re-record, like honestly, I didn't really know what that meant. So like, what 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 can you tell us about re-records? Because I that's something that kind of confuses me a little bit. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure if you're listening right now, you know Taylor Swift. Obviously, I mean everybody and their mom's mom knows who Taylor Swift is, um, and like she released a lot of like recognizable songs and hits like over time and you know she's been a huge name since like whenever she first start, like started gaining her traction like 2012 or whatever before that it was probably before that but um basically after she released all these projects you know this is a story with a lot of huge artists because a lot of them are signed to management that are labels that like end up holding on to a lot of the profits from their artists and um in taylor's case uh she's re-releasing um her like old songs as new records and the goal is um for her to like like gain that same momentum from like all the work she put in but like under her own terms basically so like uh for 1989 it's gonna have like bonus tracks and whatnot so it's not gonna just be like a clone copy it's gonna be like it, the uh what she goes by with her new projects uh, she puts on under taylor's version so basically it's like her rendition of how she would want her okay. art to be perceived yeah well is she actually going into the studio and like physically re-recording this like these songs in the album uh, I believe so. Yeah. Is that like a what a re-record? Like, is, is a re-record like to be taken literally if an artist announced that they're doing such such a thing? Um, I'm not entirely sure, but from my understanding, I believe so. And um, yeah, because I think, I think in order, I think it's a matter of like owning the rights to it because like a lot of it was released under her label so there yeah there might have to be some re-recording in order for it to be you know released under taylor's version yeah and i can come back with that i can uh, loop around back to what evan's uh question was uh whether or not if 1989 was taylor swift's uh highest performing album and it is uh it's her best performing album ever uh and it had sold over 14,332,116 copies worldwide sold copies. So that's not to say like, like that's not counting streams um, or anything like that. So, right. Cause I know I spent a whole lot of time on like number one, top 10, all those billboards. Like it was just out there. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm the biggest Taylor fan, but you know, driving around blasting that once in a while, it brings back memories. I know it's always been oh, yeah. like at I the feel top. Like, I feel like everybody can like like at least say like, you know, even if you're not a Taylor fan, it's like you hear one of her songs and you're like, oh yeah, this. Mm-hmm. You know this the lyrics. This one, yeah, 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 exactly. You like some people even like reluctantly know the lyrics no, to I her songs. I don't that don't even listen to her her songs and they know all the lyrics just because it's just so popular. Everyone sings. Everyone knows it. Mm-hmm. It's it's always out there. Right. And 
yeah and she uh, of course like every artist um she would kind of drop some easter eggs in various like different like media um sofi stadium tweeted about it kind of um like tweeted about a hint um and her mu- like one of her latest music videos for those of you who hadn't seen i can see you um there's a uh, there's an easter egg that talks about 1989 Taylor's version uh, upon release. So, yeah, um, I was on Twitter last night and I saw like a few trending topics about Taylor Swift and like, um, you know, I don't follow her albums really at all or like you know the concepts behind it, but like I know like her hits and stuff. But, um, you know, there was a lot trending about like, um, like the hints going towards the re-release of or re-record record, um of 1989 yeah 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 and uh yeah it seems like a lot there was a lot of um people um excited for that so yeah as i mentioned sofi stadium tweeted about it she has a music video with a hint uh about it and she uh also had just kind of various easter eggs and all sorts of different social medias and whatnot so really interesting good for her the original um 1989 received um 10 grammy nominations they it won album of the year in its first year of release it was number number one in the billboard 200 at one point and it spent that whole year uh being in the top 10 in the billboard 200 so really exciting uh and you know a lot of people love her albums uh, her re-releases in, in particular because they consistently will see success i mean fearless uh taylor's version uh, when it debuted uh it was number one on the billboard 200 and uh, as casey mentioned there was a bunch of uh bonus tracks quote unquote from the vault from the vault that would add kind of to the the enjoyment and to the like hype around these album the positive uh like how it was received positively by its fans uh, and their quote-unquote um, Swifties. So she concluded the United States version of her era's tour. She's planning on going out of the country um, to continue her tour in uh, at some point in 2024. So we are, I don't know, I guess, I guess we'll see how that works. I mean, she really contributed to i mean we were saying on the, on the ride here like the economists were saying how she literally boosted the economy so that in its own is really interesting it's gonna be good for other countries as well because mm-hmm. i mean i know like i went to a you know a premier league soccer game the other week and people from england where it premieres and we're all the way over here um i know some people did that for her tours out here but i mean if she's going out there all over the world that's just it, so much money that mm-hmm. is going to be going around spent for the whole world. I mean, not just the U.S. I know they did a whole lot here, but I mean, it's just it's going to be. I mean, everyone knows her worldwide too. It's not that it's just you know a strictly U.S. thing. She's going to be bringing in a lot of money. She made bank. Yes, she herself made yeah. bank and then single-handedly boosted the economy. Uh, it's good to hear though, at least that she's doing I mean, something uh, with her probably billions of dollars that she's taken in right now. Um, one of that being paying uh, some of her truckers an additional $100,000 bonus uh, for their work throughout the tour. And like, Evan, I know when I mentioned this to you on the right here, you were like, that's a crazy amount. But I feel like they had to do like, I feel like they would have probably, they probably might have done like more 
like work than what most like truckers and in the like right like and what like a regular artist would do on a tour right i mean i know truckers typically i mean especially now they're what 80 to 100k a year they don't work the whole year obviously but it's just long shifts and i know they're definitely putting in over overtime for like all of our stuff like all you know the sound systems and all that yeah to get an extra 100 grand i know be nice yeah i'd i i couldn't say anything i couldn't say i i i disagree with you on that um but heard your concerts were three hours long or over three hours so i know evan you and i went to go see david a little while ago uh his concert i mean he was only actually performing for like an hour granted he's not as he doesn't have as many songs out like that we can sing he doesn't really have many throwbacks because we were in his like he's up and coming yeah he's still up and coming and like us being there like that moment is eventually going to be what his throwback's going to yeah, be right so but he was only out there for an hour so i guess people are you know some people are complaining about the prices or being saying that it's a bit too expensive well first you can thank Ticketmaster for that because they're buying tickets and reselling them at a crazy amount so so yay that um but also she's really you know putting herself out there and i feel like she's working pretty hard she's going for three hours straight i feel like i mean Talking on this podcast that a monotone voice for like an hour makes me exhausted. So I can't imagine performing and singing for three hours straight. Oh, yeah. You always seem like after every song, they're chugging a water bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly my point. So, yeah, that's Taylor Swift. The uh, 1989 re-record is going to be set to release pretty soon, uh, October 27th. So all y'all get ready for that. If you're a Swifty, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be uh, like heaven for you, I assume. Probably, <laughs> some of y'all probably say it's the best day of y'all lives. And I don't know about that, to be honest with you. I feel like um, maybe not for me, but uh, I can definitely see if uh, one of my favorite artists was doing a re-record or just releasing an album in general in the next couple of months. Yeah. I'd be pretty happy mm-hmm. counting down the days. So anyway, moving on to uh, our special guest interview and discussion with our lyrical genius. Casey, okay, that's that's a little of an overstatement. Um, <laughs> lyric, lyrical enthusiast. Lyrical enthusiast. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you guys? Okay, lyrical enthusiast. <laughs> Casey. Uh, Casey has. Oops, my Siri turned on. Let's turn that off. Okay. My my Siri got so excited that it wanted to uh, join in the conversation uh, with Casey, but Casey's on. Like I said, every major. Um, most uh, not motion every major streaming platform i felt like saying every major motion picture but that's just <laughs> that'd be pretty funny but yeah no he's on every uh, major listening platform on spotify apple music uh, and up and coming so i guess we can start off by asking you um what was your journey in the world of rap because your your music's primarily like rap music the genre yeah. i mean I've, I've heard it evolve into different types of songs but yeah um it definitely i definitely started like you know completely in like the rap scene because uh you know growing up i really liked um like old school stuff and like very lyrically inclined music um i listened to a lot of eminem and stuff um nowadays i kind of consider myself to be like 
like in like an alternative rap scene where it's more like it's like it's still you could still consider it to be rap but it's also got like some twists maybe like some pop in there or like some indie type of vibes um i get that too yeah just to add like it's evolved like yeah exactly it's evolving it's like yeah and what got you started kind of in there i mean um i know i know we went to the same school so yeah. i know it started in middle school but what yeah, about yeah, yeah. that got you started um i mean honestly i just tried it out like it was just like i honestly up until seventh grade i didn't really listen to music like religiously or anything like i wasn't like a huge like music fan in general and then that's like when i start you know i start started meeting new people as when i like transferred into like high school and stuff you know because my middle school and high school are connected um so that's when i started like um learning about new musicians and stuff people would put me on to new artists and um uh i started listening to like eminem and stuff and i that's kind of like i don't know i guess that's where i fell in love with it like straight up because um i just thought like you know the use of wordplay and stuff was like so cool and that's like one of those things where it's like oh i want to try that because that's like really clever or whatever but um yeah and it also like was really cool how like i heard like a certain line and like you know you could feel it like in your soul like it's like wow that is deep but well, you get this you get this sense like how how for me it's video but for you it's mm -hmm. like how one like line or, or or how music whether it be through the like instrumentals or the actual lyrics of the artist can make you like are, can be so powerful that can completely change your mood or like make you feel like a certain way um well most of the time it's the combination of the two it's like it's like sometimes i hear a beat or something and it's like it sounds really like beautiful to me or i hear someone's voice and it's like it sounds really powerful it's like which beat complements which artist and sometimes it could be literally just hearing like raw vocals where like a beat cuts in the middle or something and it's like that is powerful it's like putting putting it all together in one picture and you can see like like the artistic choices made uh while like making the music it's and you and I know you were talking a bit about how you started in middle school and then you transitioned mm -hmm. to high school, got you like new connections and got people putting you on different artists and, and music like that. I know. So at every uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, anyone that's listening, if you if your middle or high school didn't go through this, but I'm sure little old Hampshire Regional did yeah. uh, in the middle of nowhere, Western Mass. There was a phase where everyone was on SoundCloud. Oh yeah. Like was, 2016 yeah. era. Right. Um that's like ooh, I start I feel like I started a little after that because I remember like oh I don't know. I was like I had to be the youngest like dude to act like an old head where it'd be like I'd hear an about old a, soul. Yeah, like I'd hear music. about like like a SoundCloud rapper, you know. I was one of those kids that was like 
I was like, oh, come on, that's that's trash. Why don't you yeah. listen to like Eminem? But it, it's like it's such I don't know. I just I just think it was like more me being biased because I loved Eminem's music so much because you know I listened to like every single artist like there wasn't many artists I like necessarily didn't like I listened to a lot but like like back then it was like so while everyone was like going crazy for like uh like no no hate towards these artists at all but like everyone was going crazy for like Lil Pump and like all those people six nine yeah and like i mean i don't even think he was around at that point but like the equivalent of going crazy for like a like a very like such a controversial artist like six nine you were kind of like more like stuck in that time period where there was like east side west side (laughs) and like you know and like eminem's universe with like uh yeah yeah because it's like my mind was still so young half the time i didn't even understand the wordplay that was in like this soundcloud styled songs because i didn't understand the references but like the more appreciation i got towards the music like it's like i listen back to songs i would listen to in like 2016 and stuff and the bar that went over my head it's like it would click in my mind listening to it now and it's like oh my gosh i can't believe i missed that that's insane but yeah yeah. no i was gonna say back to when all this started i remember in between classes we would all make a circle and we'd all have like a little rap battle where we'd throw two people in there yeah and just say i know uh (laughs) you know peter holbrook we'd always oh my god bill made a diss track about him and then they're like all right we gotta settle this so we'd all make a circle outside in this house classroom and we just have rap battles and i know like johnny was all in there Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like everyone thought they were a rapper yeah everyone thought they were like the top tier like oh i'm so cool look at all these the soundcloud era and this is like this is like white suburban hampshire regional where like there was like yeah but there was like it was like all just like people like mini wannabe m&ms just chilling (laughs) but but that's what but that's interesting you know like despite all that that's why again another reason why i wanted him on like casey you still stuck through it and you know on occasion you know you if you're in a group chat with casey what you'll you'll see sometimes that he'll just text the group chat like a random time be like Guys, new album dropping, like, whatever day, whatever time. Everyone goes story share. Like, I've been grinding out on this one. So tell us about, like, what it was what it was like being surrounded by a bunch of, um, you know, 7th and 8th grade Eminem wannabes who were uh, <laughs> basically just going into Audacity and layering a track from YouTube and then just, like, using their MacBook yeah. microphone to rap. Like, tell, tell, tell us how you persisted through that and what, we, what was going through your mind. that honestly like was a very underrated motivation for me like to like want to continue going into that because it felt like like if it was just me I would kind of feel like you know I'm like alone on that path but like you know there's other people around me who were like doing the same stuff even if they weren't taking it seriously it was like just like really cool to see people like make like art and then just Mm -hmm. share it to the world and like like I don't know. It was just like really fun. And sometimes I remember I would get like really competitive about it, honestly. Like, because, I agree. And they weren't even like, it's not like half of them were taking it seriously, but like, I think that's why I still do it because I took it so seriously. And that's um, what, you, and that's what you were known for too. Yeah. <laughs> like even towards graduation, like we, we all know, we all knew that like the person who, did you get something? Did you get a superlative? Yeah. Yeah. For that. There was a superlative for, um, most likely to win a rap battle. And 
Um, me and I won most likely to become president. <laughs> just putting it out there. All right, continue. He did. He did. Yeah. And Super um, president. <laughs> yeah, me and me and West won that superlative, and I think West though he would definitely have me beat because um. In French, he can he can freestyle <laughs> and like I I can't freestyle or I don't know I've just heard he can freestyle I haven't actually heard it, but I I just know I cannot really. Right, and so there so that's how you kind of persisted and got through it. Mm. Um, but we kind of so again back to this time period. Uh, I did a, a spotlight on you a while back. If you if you don't remember, I'm not sure if you remember where I kind of asked you about um the like the um the process behind your mm. creative process and how you approach writing and developing and whatnot um and i feel like some of your lyrics kind of will dwell into experiences that you've had yourself mm-hmm. so how do you go about balancing like an authentic authenticity while maintaining like your own I guess your own privacy as an artist or does privacy not matter to you at all? Privacy definitely matters to me in a way, but most of what I'm like rapping about or like just singing about, it's like, like obviously there's some, some of my songs, like I go into like my personal battles, like whether it's like anxiety or something like that. Um, like I don't mean to sound like, corny about it because like i don't know i never really had like anything serious with with like my mental health or anything but like you know obviously everyone fights their own demons and there's been times where i've had to write write it out and um i guess the best way i go about it is just like don't exactly say what i mean i kind of like take a sentence and find a way to write around it so it's like it's like maybe i'll symbolize something in a song as like a symbol of me or my battles um without being literal about it exactly yeah so like like um yeah it's i just kind of like try not to be straightforward jack harlow once said like you can i think i saw it on a story once it was like you can make it if you can tell the truth in a in an ill way or something like that um and i mean like that's true like it's just all about how you choose the word things that where people like want to analyze it and see what you mean that's a fun part about about the music industry in general i know a lot of people Mm -hmm. um who have a great time a lot of enthusiasts who actually like look forward to hearing this new artist like X artist's new album and just really diving into and listening over and over and just deciphering what each like lyric means and I feel like that's what a lot of people who are stuck in the mainstream like won't find appealing about certain artists is that they they use their way of telling a story is through like creativity and is through mm-hmm. symbolism and not like some of these mainstream um, and I'm not saying all the mainstream artists are like that and I'm not I'm not also like you know downing these mainstream artists because i because like they're it's not like they're taking the easy route out everyone has their own style exactly but oftentimes you'll see a lot of gems with people who are if you have the mind for it using like symbolism in their music and then 
people don't get what they're trying to say because you have to really like think into it and decipher what they're trying to say. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, but I don't know if you guys know really. I mean, I I don't I don't know if I'd consider him mainstream yet or still indie. He's kind of like alternative. You guys know Suburban, right? Uh, he made uh he made he made like his most I think his most popular is Cradles. Oh yeah yeah yeah. So like uh, yep. he's uh like that song in particular like you listen to that song and it's like all over the place like your first time listening through and you might honestly be a bit confused, but then if you like play it back over and just really listen to it and just try to figure out like it's like solving a puzzle mm-hmm. and if you want to cheat you can watch his genius episode but once you do that you like it feels like your mind's kind of opened up to a new perspective yeah i think it kind of um i think i think about like kendrick lamar when i think about like you know lyricism that kind of needs some analyzing to really like understand and feel and i think that's it's not a bad thing or a good thing necessarily it's like really it's just really cool because um you know i think it takes a lot of skill to be able to like hmm. it's like it's like writing poetry basically and you know we have all had an english class where we we've had to analyze poetry mm-hmm. and, and honestly like not to cut you off too but i, I feel like the, like a big problem we have here with stuff like that, like with like our generation in particular and future generations is that something's done in school and it ruins like when something's done in school mm-hmm. constantly, like, like reading is a great example. Yeah. When you're forced to read a book that you don't want to read or want nothing to do with, it's going to ruin the experience of reading for you. And I'm a living testimony of that. Yeah. Like it's been like it's been just like about a year ago that. I've actually like started to be a little interested in books and whatnot. And even then, so like me personally, I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I don't really like reading that much. If I'm reading something, it's going to be, like, a book about, like, self-improvement or, like, about, like, I don't know. That's just about it, honestly. And I feel like with school, there's a lot of times where people have a lot of potential to do great things. But, like, what will happen is they're forced to do something that pertains to that thing. Like I said, like, analyzing poetry. Like, I hated doing that. And so um. now, like when i hear something i hear a bar or a line because that's what you know a lot of that's what a lot of music is it's just like a form of poetry mm-hmm. then like i, I don't want to be bothered to go through and analyze it if that makes any sense yeah because it ruins the experience for you when you're in school because then you feel like you're just doing homework if you're doing that yeah no i feel like it's that way definitely um because i don't know i think i think the most fun of it is finding like you know the content you really like out of it and like it it does pretty much feel like a chore after when you're doing it at school that could be like with different genres too because yeah. i mean if you like a genre then you might not you know analyze it like you do in school you might analyze it like you do like in your head like you actually enjoy uh-huh. it like i mean you like rap you country mm. probably want to analyze it like school but when it comes to rap you you get it you know it you've been through it like you know how it is it's going to be so much easier and more enjoyable yeah yeah so uh like with everything like i I myself am a videographer and i find myself uh lacking with trying to come up with content ideas as evident on my youtube channel trying to still work on that but i know it's the same thing with like almost everything so to you casey i ask 
from one from a visual entertainer to an auditory entertainer how do you keep up with um like staying motivated and overcoming like obstacles of just like pure laziness mm. i'll tell you it's been really hard for the past couple of years to like battle that feeling of like like no motivation to do anything because um like after starting in college and stuff um there was a lot of things i had to get done not a lot of time to like make music and whatnot and uh like for example like this past year like the month of february i got into a little accident and for unrelated reasons in the same month I was in the hospital for a week. It's like things like that. That's just going to like, you know, kind of punch you in the stomach, knock you on your, on, um, on your, uh, back. I don't <laughs> I appreciate you being like, you know, yeah. PG about it. <laughs> um, I know exactly what you're talking about yeah. though. I can relate to you. I mean that laptop I'm holding in my hands is the brand new shout out to my self shameless plug to my own YouTube channel, a brand new 2023 MacBook pro. And I didn't want to have to buy this like over $2,000 laptop. But when uh, somebody was careless with my old one, um, it smashed. And uh, like that happening, I'm just like, like I can relate to you on so much on that. Cause like, like just as you're in the hot and like in the bed in the hospital with like no means of like really doing anything that you want to do you feel like it's just so easy to just be like, screw it. Like I'm, I'm like, just give up. And just as I was like, like just as you were doing that, I was just sitting in my bed. Like, like I'm going to really have to dip into my savings and get myself a new laptop yeah. just so I can edit on. It's, it's, it's really discouraging for sure. It is. I think the biggest reason I still do what I do, honestly, I think there's a lot of people who would never take it seriously until they saw the serious results out of it you know so you're doing this for the people who don't take you seriously yeah i'd say like that's a good part of it because it's like not even just that i'm not taking it seriously you know there's people that like will hate and stuff they like they don't want they don't want to see me win they don't want to see anyone win but i think that really like fuels ignites a fire in you but like that's like the ignition but like to keep it burning you that's all you that you got to keep your motivation you got to uh like really like put time and effort into it and um yeah like it sometimes i'm working on a project and it just folds in on me and then like i'll think it sounds really bad it's really hard to get past that feeling when it like when you don't think it's like good and then you come back to it like a few months later and you're like i cannot believe i stopped working on this it's it's just like it, you, you really gotta just like open up your ears to it <laughs> right and i think breaks are well needed too you know like yeah. recoup your mind like just regenerate everything that you've just put into Definitely, it yep and i think that gets you a little bit more like you can think oh i maybe i could add this into it maybe this would sound good you try it out and i know this is why it takes so long for albums to come out because they have so much does yep. it sound right? Is it perfect? Is it exactly what I want? And I know it's really draining. You can tell like it what is, artists you can tell like what artists are there to release to release quality and what are there to release quantity. Right. And sometimes exactly. those artists that yep. release quality will turn into the ones that release quantity over time. Yeah. 
I just released like two songs. It was like that's what I was about to get into. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I was like really trying to shoot for a whole like EP or album this summer, and I just ended up finding myself really not like finding motivation to make more songs than I already have, and like for me it takes a lot of time. I've got I I'm working um a lot of the days of the week like some weeks it's like five days a week so I don't have a lot of time to really like think about music but um when I do it's like I sit down and work on one song all night because like I'm trying to like get it to be really substantial and something I want to listen to listen back to um so that's that uh this summer I released two songs instead of like a whole project like I did last summer and um I think that goes really nicely with the idea of quality over quantity because like I could have maybe cranked out a few more songs if I wanted to but like if they if they had to be like kind of pushed into a project it wouldn't really feel authentic and like the songs I already made I was like really proud of um I already shot a video with my friend Matt uh for one of the songs so it was like yeah it was, I think it was just like I, I wouldn't have changed anything about it because I think they're really good songs and it's a good two-piece well speaking about those songs uh being self-love and welcome to right mm, welcome to so Speaking about those songs, uh, those are your most uh, latest releases. Do you want to tell us uh, what, like, the story behind the, those songs have been and its creation? Yeah, sure. Um, so, first off, I just like to say, if you want to check out these songs, they're on Spotify, Apple Music, all the streaming yeah, platforms. Every major listening platform. And in fact, I forgot to do this. Thanks for catching it. We're gonna go ahead and play a snippet of that song. Um, of one or yeah, play a snippet of self love right now. Right. So that was a bit of a snip snippet of uh, of the song. There's also another song you released, Welcome to, uh, mm -hmm. available on all major uh, platforms. So if you missed the question, it was basically um, what the story is behind these two songs, Casey. Okay, so um, I wanted the like philosophy behind like these songs whether it was going to turn into a whole project or not. I wanted it to mean like, you know, like even when you feel like you're like at rock bottom, like you're going to find your way back up kind of and like learn love, find love, spread love. Like love is important. I feel like that's kind of what I was thinking when I, when like I was writing self love because, um, you know, there'd be a lot of like, people that would tear me down or just like things that would happen that would tear me down but it was like if I want to get out of this cycle where I'm just like unmotivated and stuff I just gotta keep doing me and um yeah I just think it's like it's like even if you feel like you're unmotivated you always got to start off with that like first line or like just something yeah something you need some substance to work with and you've got to break through like bad habits and like that's kind of what i was writing about like you know i would say like i would say things like the world's against me or whatever i wouldn't say that like directly but i would kind of like imply it 
And like, that's kind of a feeling of, of anger. I would feel if I was in like an unmotivated spot, it's, but like, that's not how it is because like you can basically do whatever you want to, if you just put your mind to it and like, nobody's going to say anything about it if it works out. And, um, yeah, so that's like really like the concept of self-love and welcome to the real world kind of elaborates on the idea like of like everything's against me but i kind of try to say it from a different perspective like um the real world what i'm implying by saying that it's like i say welcome to denying all your feelings to you broken it's like you know people are gonna tell you like you have to act a certain way if you want to make it in the world like oh you're not gonna get anywhere if you're doing something like this your whole life or like um people will hate on you welcome to the hatred we ain't reaping what we sowing um there's just a lot of like people who won't believe in like creative they don't believe in the vision they're more they're they're more uh they're more into taking like the more conservative route in in terms of not politics but in terms of like doing the more traditional route and they don't believe in anything stemming from that exactly and they don't think anything stemming from that is like good enough um or makes any sense to do yeah like who are they to tell you dude if you like it go do it you know give it a shot shot you know give it a try you you don't know if you don't like it like do your thing man. exactly exactly and um you know on the hook of that song it's like now i lay awake and i've been thinking about everything i should have done today and maybe it's a phase or maybe it's the world trying to put me in my place um yeah basically it's like it's like kind of sitting down by yourself pondering like oh should i have gone this way with like what i should have done this past day or week or whatever or like did i choose the wrong like ways to spend my time and the like you know the world's putting me in my place because i chose the wrong direction but it's like the whole song's supposed to be like you know like that's not how it's gonna be right well that's uh thank you casey so much for that i just wanted to um i think we'll we'll probably stop there and go straight to our break casey i can talk to you probably for another two hours uh on your content and on your music creation but Uh, We're going to have to have uh, a word from our PSA, as always, for every episode. But thank you, Casey, for your insight on what you do. And again, you can listen to Casey on every major um, listening platform. We really appreciate your input on that. Uh, And as always, I'm sure he'll be open to any questions you have on his social media outlets, which are linked to his uh, platforms as well. Um, so go ahead and hit him up yep. for an up and coming artist. If you want to reach out or anything, my Instagram is Casey does music stuff. That's the at. I got all my links there, everything. And that's where you should check out. Awesome. Well, again, when we come back to the real life podcast, Cardi B throwing a microphone at an audience member and that same microphone almost being sold for $100,000. It's very, very rare that you'll see an artist retaliate. Uh, Never mind, retaliate with physical violence on stage. And then we'll go back to our throwback segment, um, which is always, I will say, my favorite part of the episode. And we'll go ahead and summarize everything, and we'll wrap it up from there. So we'll see you guys when we come back to the Real Life Podcast.
Kids across America are going to school hungry, millions of kids every day. Hungry kids get sick more often and can struggle in school. It can be harder for them to focus and learn. But one simple thing can help change all of this for a hungry child in America. Good healthy food and the energy it brings. With help from caring people across America, no Kid Hungry is providing healthy meals and hope to hungry kids so they can build better futures. We want to ensure that all of our kids have healthy meals every day. Thank you. Thank you for helping feed our kids. To learn more about ending child hunger in America, go to helpnokidhungry.org today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Real Life Podcast. I am your host, Will Delgado, here with... Evan Coleman. Yes, he. Casey is on the verge of tears right now after being told that his music and studio setup has been confiscated by the RIRS for not paying taxes. Not so again. that is a great uh, consequence, ladies and gentlemen. They will take your music setup. So as of August 10th at 5.41 p.m., Casey is no longer an artist on Spotify. And if you <laughs> have been listening long enough, you'll also know that I have a very sarcastic sense of humor and that's also false but you know what isn't false that you've never hear it a artist uh throwing a microphone at an audience member uh from the stage so cardi b basically uh was at a concert oh boy okay well i'm getting an important phone call so you can go ahead and pause that so about that little technical difficulty you can go ahead and thank my sister for interrupting the real life podcast that'll be the uh, first and only interruption we get here. Anyway, I'm just going to completely scrap that part. But yeah, so Cardi B was captured on video throwing her microphone at an audience member during one of her performance. It basically happened when that same audience member threw a drink at her while she was on stage. Uh, the circulating video kind of shows uh, Cardi B's like surprise after the drink being thrown at her and in response she looked very angry so she took the microphone that she had um, held it holding up to her mouth throughout that performance and threw it to, <laughs> at the person's head in the audience if you watch the video that person got absolutely um, like that that might that was a pretty good shot she's got a good arm surprised uh, <laughs> she didn't I mean I don't know if she did or not but I'd be surprised if she didn't play at least softball uh, growing up because she absolutely nailed them. Yeah, nailed mm -hmm. that that person mm -hmm. right in the face. Uh, and that's in that video. Um, it's kind of funny to watch, but it's also kind of sad knowing that a lot of these artists have to deal with uh, adults that are still not mature enough clearly to go back uh, to the um, concerts. But in this particular, what I think is so what what I think is kind of important about this and why I thought it was important enough to include in this week's podcast is that you like when you go to concerts and you see somebody do something like silly like throw a bra on stage or throw their shoe at the artist throw a beer can like I feel like it's not very common that an artist or I mean not very common if ever an artist will actually retaliate back and some at somebody yeah um you know I've seen like I don't know what it is with people throwing water bottles at like the artist they paid to see, <laughs> but like, you know, it happens like 
quite a lot. Like, um, I think it was, it was Kid Cudi. I don't know where, but someone threw a bottle at him. He said, you throw one more thing on this stage, I'm leaving. And, you know, someone did, and he actually left the show. So it's like, why ruin it for everyone? And, like, in Cardi B's case... Um, Is this justified? No. <laughs> there's just... <laughs> there's, like, there's really no way to justify it because it's like, you are, like really famous and while it is annoying and uncalled for i mean to be then i mean i think she did ask i think there was a rumor going around that she asked for like people to like throw up water and stuff but like someone took it a a step like further and threw it at her i don't know that's a rumor though it might might very well be false yeah maybe well either way i don't know that retaliation is a is a bit much i mean microphones (laughs) are not like that light i mean we have a microphone right in front of us right now yeah can you imagine this thing being thrown at your head like chucked at your head by somebody easily a black eye if it hits you right yeah Yeah. bloody nose all yeah i'm just saying or a concussion even yeah definitely and i know words words speak more than actions or whatever that's saying like at least just say hey man like don't throw things up or you could do what kid cuddy did uh or even then so like i know nf had an issue with that one of his concerts and just kicked them out like like right. pointed yeah. at him yeah. and the security just picked him up and then walked them like took yeah. him out or a lot of times like like cardi b stated that or not stated but yeah i think she did state something along the lines of the fact that she like is used to something like like this stuff happening to her like on occasion with like them you know the audience members and she usually goes like walks away and like takes a minute but like the fact that she like wound like winded up her arm and just straight up flung it at someone's head right. Uh, is a bit is a bit much. I can agree with Casey on that. Uh, but however, the LAPD is dropping all charges uh, on on her due to insufficient evidence. So, yeah, I don't I don't know about that one. But I mean, like, what they did was wrong. But then it's a saying like two wrongs don't make a right. So what that audience member did was wrong. But Cardi B sure is, you know sure as hell did you know didn't like didn't do anything more right like didn't do anything more right there necessary it's very disrespectful to do what they did um but at the same time like you're an artist and this is the this is the issue a lot of people are having with um artists in general that and i'm sure you know a lot about this casey that are producing music is the fact that these artists are seen as role models for millions yeah so if you're seen on stage retaliating at someone and throwing something at them, like think about all the role models that like, especially women, like women looking up to you and like same thing with Taylor Swift, like all the women that look up to these like very powerful and successful women and then see that same women like do something like this. That's just extremely like kind of uncalled for. Yeah. Um, I think once you're like, considered like a celebrity of an artist it's like you could do nothing and it could turn into something it's really hard to stay out of like the hot water and um you just got to be really careful because like and you also got to put into consideration like everybody's human it just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean like you're not going to react like a human being i agree but so yeah yeah i agree and i know a lot of people who probably done the same thing but yeah it's just there's just a lot to consider with it it's like we're all just alike here it's 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that. I feel like if I was in that situation... I feel like, honestly, when people say... Actually, I'm going to cut myself off and correct myself. People say that if I was in that situation, I would do X, Y, Z. And I feel like I'm guilty of it myself. But in general, when people say that, like, they shouldn't. Because you're not in that situation. Mm. Like, I feel like there's no telling how you'd react to a situation that never happened. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like... I think like, there's no doubt what she did was wrong, but like, I feel like people can't be saying like, if I was in that situation, I wouldn't have done that. Cause I feel like there's no mm-hmm. telling like what's going on in her shoes. And there's also like, you don't know what your what the circumstances were, you know? And like stuff like that. And people can't really right. say stuff like that because like they, they weren't in their shoes and they, they can't be so sure that it, they wouldn't do the same thing. Right. And I know people always say like, Oh, I should have said this back then. I should have done this it's in the spur of the moment you're not gonna say exactly what you think you should have done or said it's all random and i know your your brain thinks you know process it fast but you could do something completely different than what you thought and you're like damn why did Mm -hmm. i do that you know so i guess in the good news uh besides the fact that she absolutely nailed some guy in the head or girl i don't know who was in the head with the microphone Again, kind of confuses me why the LAPD didn't actually do anything about it because the video clearly shows her just taking a microphone, just whipping at someone's head, yeah. and it showed like the head bobble, like a like a freaking bobble head in the car too. It was pretty pretty funny. Um, I shouldn't laugh, but hopefully, I hope they're okay. Yeah. And everything. But like, I mean, like, <laughs> play stupid games, get, like win stupid prizes. Yeah. What it boils down to, so. But the good thing about this, the like, what's in the limelight here is that this microphone sold for almost one hundred thousand mm. dollars. And so here's my thing: when I first saw the post on social media that it was selling on eBay for like almost a hundred thousand dollars, so the bidding originally started at like a couple hundred, and then it reached one hundred twenty-seven bids to ninety thousand dollars or something like that. And when I first saw that, I thought it was really dumb. I thought that like, it, like, there's no way that someone would. Cardi would throw a mic at somebody, and then, like, some guy next to him would just, like, grab it and then put it in their pocket. (laughs) Oh, this is going to be so good Without, (laughs) Yeah, well, like, without, well, yeah, that, well, no, I feel like that, like, is kind of realistic, because I feel like, like, anything will go on. I mean, like, not for nothing, like, kids cover your ears, but the the Bell, the Bell Delphine's bathwater, like, that was really bad. (laughs) That was crazy. And that's just bathwater. So, I, I definitely think there's been an evolution of people who have like you know actually considered yeah. like this strand of hair from like i don't know taylor swift is probably worth like five thousand dollars you know what i mean uh, yeah so like it doesn't i don't surprise me that someone picked it up and tried pocketing it but there's no way and there's no way that that the production crew there because i do production for my church and i don't know how much like this like the equipment we work with is it's crazy expensive so there's no way that like they would just let the person anyone pocket that and keep it right like security guards or somebody is going to be like, Hey, give me that mic back. Mm-hmm. It's pretty, it's pretty easy to mm-hmm. tell. And like, yeah, like they're not going to let, they're not going to let someone walk away with a microphone at all, especially if it's considered evidence. Um, so when I read that headline that it was being sold on eBay, I'm like those people are getting scammed right now, but it actually was revealed that the um, owner of the production company that covered that event that she was performing at Scott Fisher, um, He's the owner of the Wave, and that te- that's technically his microphone. Yeah. I mean, again, I'd be pretty pissed off if an artist wasn't taking good care of my equipment. Um, but that was technically his microphone, so he therefore did have the rights to sell it. And like I said, I know it took me so long to get to the point, but basically the good thing about all this is that he did sell it, 
and all of that all of that money um, that he got from selling it like the almost $100,000 is being donated to the Wounded Warrior Project and the Friendship Circle in Las Vegas which are both charities so at least something positive yeah that's what I'm saying like Like, there's a positive thing that came out of that like it's a negative it's a negative thing with a positive outcome so now seeing that it was sold on eBay makes me feel a lot better about or at least like the circumstances yeah and it went to a good cause like that i don't have a problem with i mean hopefully what what he said to the like what he shared with the public was true that he actually did donate it to a charity and he's not just trying to make himself look good as a pr yeah but this is a i mean like he benefits from this too even if he did donate to a charity because now we know scott fisher the wave that's a production company that like we're talking about it right now and i'm sure there's tons of other people are talking about it so there's some good publicity uh at the stake of of boosting your corporate philanthropy as well yeah. So that's that. I don't know if anyone of you have anything to add on that. I, I think but one thing. I'm not sure if we went over this already, but I'm pretty sure the microphone hit someone that was not the girl who threw the bottle. Really? Yeah, I think it hit someone next to her. <laughs> Dude, can you imagine just like sitting with your phone, and be like, yeah. "Hey, hey, hey!" Boom. Douche, get right in the head in the head, and fall over. Dang. Yeah, that's uh, a bigger L for Cardi B. I might, I might have to look it up again later, but I'm pretty sure I read that somewhere. Well, because like everyone in the comment section was like, "Damn, like this girl's got a good arm. Like she nailed Mm. that person right Mm. in the head." If it actually wasn't the person, that's just not fair. Yeah, and and I'm, I'm almost expecting Cardi B to like compensate this person. Yeah, like holy moly, if that was me, first of all, I would like to think I'd never throw a mic at someone's head in the first place, but I just don't know. But if it was me and I did it to the wrong person, like, I don't think I'd be able to sleep that night. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that, but nah. it's like, no amount let's of get... sorry is going to cover like, yeah, I'm sorry for giving them. you a lump on your head. <laughs> My yeah. bad. Like bro went to this con. I don't even, was it like a Cardi B concert? Was it one of those like festivals, music festivals oh. with her in it? It, it? The way it was set up. It looked, looked like it was like a festival, festival. Yeah. but I'm not sure. Honestly, uh, imagine going to go see like one of you know one of our favorite artists like when we but years ago we went to go see logic mm-hmm. and then like shout out logic yeah he always would be like no f boys are allowed or something like that oh yeah, yeah like can you imagine if one guy in the audience next to us was acting on what he de- defined was like defining as one and then he just took off his shoe or something and just <laughs> chucked it at your head and you were like a minor at that point so that yeah. would have been really bad yeah. but like, can you imagine that happens? Like, you're all excited to go see this guy, and then you get a freaking van thrown at your right. head. Or, like, or even imagine, worse, a metal object, like or, this microphone. imagine it's not even the guy you want to see, and you're just there for another person at the festival. Yeah, yeah. And right. And some random person throws Right, because those look like those were pit seats. Right. Which are yeah, first come, first up. serve. Yeah. So that person also could have... I mean, it's Cardi B, whatever. I'll give it to you. But I also, yeah. you know, they could be... If it's a festival, they could have also just been sitting, standing at the front because they, they're anticipate, Like, they want to get there early, so they get the front for the next artist that comes up and then you get hailed <laughs> wailed yeah. with a microphone at the head these are all conspiracy theories which i'm sure like isn't the actual reality <laughs> but it's just funny like can you it's just funny to think about right yeah so that's what that's, what, that's what's going on with cardi b cardi b come on girl please uh please please, please compensate a please. softball tournament somewhere. yeah yeah come yeah, on girl but play for play for our uh syracuse softball why don't you get get her get us uh Get us to the, get us the states, cause that you got one rocket of an arm there. I'm sure Syracuse would would appreciate you. You could do a performance at Juice Gym, and then you could go play softball for us. That'd be great. Um, but moving on to uh, on this day, it's like my favorite segment. 
On this day, Evan, you and I have been talking about it a couple days ago. Gran Turismo will oh, be coming out. It's going to be good. I mean, personally, I was like a car guy. You know, it's just something that I really want to see. And I like I watch yeah. Formula and all that, dude. It's like something about racing. Fast and Furious, mm, they, they're not into racing after like the first two movies. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's like action movies. Right. It's just that. And like, dude, they didn't even fill it for gas once in like yeah. any of the movies. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, no, I'm so excited for this. It's gonna be really good. So we're gonna we're gonna have um our artists here are gonna be Archie um Medikwi. I think I probably mispronounced that. <laughs> David Harbour, uh, Orlando Bloom, Darren ba- um Barnett, um uh Gary Halliwell, and um Dijmon Hounsu. Uh, are going to be our main cast here. And basically, um, the cri- like 95% of the people um, who have watched it so far, according to Google reviews, have liked it. Um, 62% Rotten Tomatoes. And um, basically, like a plot synopsis. Um, basically, it, the game follows the Nissan-sponsored video game, Gran Turismo, that was available on PlayStation. I remember playing. I think it might have been on Xbox, too. Don't remember. But I had a, I was a PlayStation 3 guy. And I remember when uh, Gran Turismo came with the PlayStation, I was playing it a ton. I was awful at it, but I still had a great time playing it. But basically, it follows um, a player, like a video, like a gamer, who wins a bunch of um, like video game competitions um, through his gaming skills on Gran Turismo, and then becomes a real life professional race car driver afterwards. Yeah, so. I saw I saw um, the trailer for it. Uh, before i saw um across the spider-verse which was awesome by the way um and it looked like really good like i don't know it was just like a cool concept i'm interested to see how they how it actually plays out in the film i hope it's not a money grab yeah but um yeah i feel like it's definitely got potential i gotta check out like reviews and whatnot and in addition to that, the Kissing Booth uh, 3 released on this day in 2021, August 11th, with uh, 4.8 out of 10, uh, 25% Rotten Tomatoes, 2.5 on Common Sense, with 68% of people liking that movie. So, Kissing Booth, ladies and gentlemen, I watched the first one. I'm going to be dead serious with you guys. I've I, not seen it. I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, it was a chick flick, yeah. in my opinion, but... Um, I mean, you know, you're looking for a movie to watch with your significant other, I guess. It's not a bad movie. Or The Boys. Yeah. Sure thing. Sure. I'm not sure. What, I don't even know what you just said. So <laughs> I, I hope I didn't agree to something like messed up. But You said. You said um, or The Voice. Or The, the, the boys. boys. Oh, <laughs> okay. I thought you said Or The Voice. And no, I'm just like, no, well, no, bro, no, what? Get a boys, get a little blanket, cuddle. Make Your boys come over watching Kissing Booth. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Yo, actually, you get like 20 guys okay, over watching like, Kissing Booth. Like, actually, <laughs> 20 guys in a theater. <laughs> Dude, I don't think Kissing Booth hit theaters. I think it was a Netflix original. So. Yeah. Let's uh let's get tw- let's get like thirty five uh, yeah let's get like a t- oh. let's get like a sold out like a uh, Cinemark theater well like, just a bunch of guys watching Kissing Booth and crying <laughs> together um that that would be a great um so that would be a great headline for CNN or Fox News but anyway that's gonna be it for time uh today ladies and gentlemen again I thank you all so much for tuning in thank you for the journey that we've been on it's been four 
great episodes, four fun episodes. I'll be honest with you. Some episodes I was happy to come in, others I wasn't. And honestly, I'm so happy I stuck it through to all four of them. So again, you can always reach us at the Real Life Podcast on Instagram or at podreallife at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns on our podcast or podcast episodes, go ahead and hit us up there. We'll be more than happy to communicate uh, with you back. So from Holyoke Media Center in Holyoke, Massachusetts, this is Evan Coleman, Casey Baguette, and Will Delgado signing off for the last time in a while. It's been a ride, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day and peace out. Stole my line. Thanks, guys, for listening. Check out my Apple Music and Spotify. I swear your top 10 going to get modified. <laughs> oh, oh yo. Yeah.